Welcome to Sunday Night with God. Let me ask, let me start off with the question, how's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? We've been, uh, we've been in a series, we've been in a series called Prayer Revelation, talking about prayer, what is prayer, communicating with God. But as we pray, and this is the, the, the basis of this series, is as we pray, as we communicate with God in relationship, not only are we communicating with Him, but we also are learning about God. God reveals Himself. It's this funny thing. He doesn't do anything, but as we pray and as we connect deeper with God, God reveals himself more to us. At week one, we start off with the idea that faith, faith is the foundation to all prayer. How can we pray to a God that we don't believe? We must believe that God exists. And that's the foundation of all of our prayers. What did we learn about God through the prayer of faith? Simple. God is real. God is real. Last week, we talked about the prayer of adoration, that as we work out who we are praying to, we are called to a place of reverence and respect because we're talking to Creator God. We adore Him. We exalt Him. We we lift Him up. And as we pray a prayer of adoration, what do we learn about God? What What is God revealing to us about Himself? That God is big. That God is big. So when we pray a prayer of faith, we learn that God is real. When we pray a prayer of adoration, we learn, and God reveals to us that He is big. Tonight, we move to the prayer of confession. And we're going to learn a little bit about what confession is. And I pray that tonight, that more than just learning about what confession is, that through the words of God, that God would take you to a place of confession. That's the thing about teachings about prayer. There's no point in learning about it and going, that's a great sermon, if it doesn't, doesn't change the way we pray. Confession is defined in the dictionary as this, a formal statement admitting that one is guilty of a crime. Should be on the screen. There we go. A formal statement admitting that one is guilty of a crime. There are two parts to this definition, confession. There are two things that any confession needs. Number one, there must be a crime, a wrongdoing. And secondly, there must be admittance to the fact that there was wrongdoing. Without either of these, you cannot have Confession. And so when we use this in the context of prayer, we need to understand these two principles, that there has to be a crime and there has to be admittance. Okay? So, who has committed the crime? The answer is us. We have committed the crime. And who have we committed the crime against? God. Right? We're talking about prayer. We're talking about speaking in relationship with God. Right? We're not talking about your confession to the police or to the government or to the school or your parents. We're talking about God. So who's done the crime? We've done the crime. And who have we, who have we um, done the crime against? God. And we call this sin. That's what sin is. Right? 
Now, there are two categories of sin. If we look at sin broadly, there are two types of sin. Number one is sins of commission, which are sins that are committed by doing something we shouldn't do. For example, stealing, lying, cheating. These are sins of commission. God says, don't do this. And we go, I'm going to do it. That's a sin of commission. But the second category of sin is the sin of omission, which is, uh, which is the sin that is committed when we do not do something that we should have done. For example, failing to love your neighbor, failing to help the needy. God told us to love. God told us to help. But when we don't do that, that's also a sin. It's a sin of omission. They're the two broader categories. And the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Okay? And if you want to wrestle with me on this point, okay, it's an easy argument. You're just not honest. You're just not honest. If someone comes up to me and says, I have never sinned against God, bang, lie right there. You have sinned right there. A lot of the times we, we struggle with it because we, we think, well, what have I done to God? And, and, but a lot of the time when we struggle with that, we're actually struggling with the identity of who God is and the definition of who God is rather than sin. You know, in a worldly sense, we may not have committed any crime that puts us in jail, but in God's kingdom, because of our nature and our action and non-action, we have sinned against God. We have committed crimes against God. We have. It's not something we're proud about. But we have. We have not lived up to the perfect standard that God requires for His kingdom. When God created the heavens and the earth, he looked at it and he said it was good. But when he looks at our lives of sin, he, does not, he cannot say it is good. That's what sin has done. So when we pray a prayer of confession, what we're doing is we're acknowledging our wrongdoing, our sin, towards God himself. It's acknowledging that before the perfect God, we have not been able to live a perfect standard. In the Greek, the word confess literally just means agree with God. Agree with God. So confession is a way for us to see things from God's perspective and that we agree with the way God sees it. And the way God sees it is that He created a perfect and sinless world and we messed it up. We sinned. We jacked it. And that's the way God sees it. And so when we pray a prayer of confession, we're just agreeing with God. I want to read Psalm 51, which is a famous prayer of confession. And before I read the psalm, let me give you context. The psalm is written by a guy called King David, who is one of the heroes of the Bible, one of the first kings of the people of Israel. And even from a young age, he was picked and anointed by God to be used to lead God's people to be more like their God. But in his sinfulness, um, 
there is an episode or there is a, an event where King David um, commits two sins. He commits two sins uh, right in a row. And that's the funny thing about sin, right? It's a little bit like a roller coaster. Once you start sinning, it's, it's quite easy for it to just kind of snowball and snowball. And the first sin that he commits, actually, if we really think about it, he commits three, three sins. The first sin is that, uh, and the Bible says, when the kings were meant to go out to fight, go out to battle, he didn't go. Okay, so that's a sin of omission. He, he didn't go. He was meant to go. God, God was willing him to go, but he didn't go, right? The second sin is he's, he's on top of his house because he didn't go to battle, and he sees a naked lady, and her name is Bathsheba, yeah? And then he's like, oh, she's really hot, and then bring her over, and then he sleeps with her, right? Uh, she's married, um, you know, he's Good question. I'll get back to you about that one. And then, and then straight away what happens is um, she gets pregnant. And then King David, instead of uh, coming clean with his sin, he, he actually goes one further and gets the husband of Bathsheba, who is a general called Uriah. Uriah is one of uh, King David's soldiers. And he actually... Uh, murders Uriah by putting him out on the front line of the war. And so the sin of omission by not going out to battle, the sin of sexual immorality, and then the sin of murder. So pretty big, right? And then what happens is in the the next chapter we read that God uses a prophet by the name of Nathan, and he sends Nathan to King David and confronts David and says, look, I... I know what you did last summer. You know, I know. <laughs> you know like. And David at that point prays this prayer. And that's the context, okay? So he sinned like bad. Like this is not like, you know, like, you know, slap him on the wrist kind of sin. Like this is big stuff. And then he's been confronted. And this is David's prayer. Straight after being confronted. Psalm 51, 1 to 4. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so you are right in your verdict and justified when judge. David's prayer of confession, if we go back to that Greek word, right? Agree with God. Agreeing with God. What's David saying here? He's saying, God, the way you see it, I agree with you. I have sinned. I have done wrong. And you are completely right to judge me in the way you judge me. David sees things from God's perspective. He did wrong, and he brings wrongdoing to God in confession. See, naturally, that doesn't work for us. Naturally, as human beings, when we do, when we do bad, you know, when my, when my kids sin against us as parents, they don't come and confess. Who can, no child comes and confesses. What do they do? They run, they hide, they sin more, they cover it up. They sell off their, you know, younger sibling. 
You know, like, that's what happens, right? Like, that's, they do everything but confess. And I wonder, in our prayer lives, how much, how much of our lives are we seeing in, in sober judgment, in the way that God sees it? How much of our lives are we just seeing it through our own eyes? And how much of it are we understanding the way God sees your life? And, and if that's the case, maybe that's why confessional prayer is not a part of your prayer. Maybe that's why you don't pray prayers of confession, because you just don't see it from God. You, you're so busy talking to God, at God, about what you want, you actually don't see the relationship from God's perspective. We fail to see that it's a relationship. It's a relationship that we have with God not just me talking to him. When we pray a prayer of confession, there are three things that must be present when we pray. Three attitudes, I like to call them. When we pray, and when we go to God in a prayer of confession, I, I really believe that uh, we need to have three attitudes. Number one, honesty. Honesty is, uh, is one of these virtues that used to be so important in society, and these days it's not as important. You know, cutting corners, you know, telling white lies, you know, exaggerating the truth. It's somewhat kind of a little bit ex accepted now in society, really. But when we come to God in a prayer of confession, we need to be honest. Uh, 1 John uh, 1, 8 to 10 reads this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word is not in us. How can we confess our sin if we're not honest? I said, one of the problems that, one of the greatest problems that we have in our relationship with God is that we are not honest to God and we are not honest to ourselves. We like to fool ourselves. We like to fool God as well. You know, it's like if I don't talk to God about it, it's like it doesn't exist. You know, as if God doesn't already know. It's like when you, when you fight with someone and then they come and ask you later, are you okay? And you're like, yes. But all over your face, it's like, no, 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 get away from me. Don't talk to me. I'm just talking about marriage right now. Hey, <laughs> jokes. I do that. Mel always, my wife comes and always asks me after, are you okay? It's so annoying because obviously I'm not okay. But obviously she cares about the relationship, but I don't care because I'm annoyed at the time. Funny thing is, we, I think we try to fool God too. We try to fool God in our prayers. We go, God, you're amazing. This is fantastic. Life is awesome. Everything is awesome. And that's it. And God's like, yeah, but... You jacked up. <laughs> You've jacked up your life. Sometimes I think we're just not honest. Real confession, real confession must come from honesty. Secondly, the second attitude we need to have when we pray prayers of confession is humility. Humility. 2 Peter 5, 6 reads, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time He he may exalt you. When we confess our sin, we're not gloating. We're not boasting about our sin. 
Or, or, and we're not just saying it in a matter-of-fact kind of way. Oh, yeah, I sinned. Oh, well, what can I do? Life goes on. You know, how many times, I don't know, if, I don't know about you, but I have. I've gone to God because I know I need to confess my sin. I go, God, I'm sorry. Oops, I did it again. And there's no real, there's no humility in that. There's no remorse in that. It's like, oh, well, I did it again. You know, what can you do? You know? <laughs> I've prayed, I've, and this one's really bad. I've prayed, I've, I've committed sin, and I've gone to God. God, I committed a sin, but if you really think about it, it's your fault because you made me like this. So arrogant. So arrogant, as if God made me like this. You know, there's this, there's this hashtag that's gone around, right? And I think that epitomizes what this idea of arrogant confession is. You know what it is? It's sorry, not sorry. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Do you know what that is? And you know what? Like, we laugh about it, but that's so arrogant. So arrogant. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me kick you in the face because I'm not sorry. You know? Sorry, not sorry is exactly, but you know what? Sometimes when we confess our sins to God, that's what we're saying. God was sorry, but not sorry. That's because we come with a heart of arrogance, as if we're entitled to sin. Oh, God, how can you complain about this? But when we come, before creator God, literally, like smudge your name out of the book of life, you know, lightning bolt any day of the week kind of God. And we're going to confess our sin that, that we've done wrong to him. I think we need to learn some humility. We're not declaring our sins to God. We're confessing them and asking for mercy. We must be humble. Thirdly, we need an attitude of repentance. 2 Corinthians 7, 9 to 10, you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance for you were made sorrowful according to the will of God. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret leading to salvation. See, this comes from the last point of, 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 the, of the attitude of humility. But when we confess our sins, there must be a heart of repentance, meaning that not only, not only do you uh, honestly and humbly go to God and confess your sin, but when you confess your sin, you've got to have the heart of, I'm really sorry that I feel it, and I wish it wasn't like this, and I want to change. You know, the word repentance in the Greek literally means turn around. You turn Okay, that's all repentance is, right? It's declaring that I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go the other way. When we go to God and confess our sin, right? And you know what? Not to say that you can't continue to confess the same sin, but the heart, the heart is to say, God, you know what? I, I'm sorry. And I really want to not commit this sin again. You know, how many times do we sin well, how many times do we do wrong in God's eyes and just get on with life? You don't even blink. You still doesn't, you don't even feel it anymore. You know, you look, you're looking at images on the computer that you shouldn't be looking at and it doesn't even bother you. You don't even consider it sin anymore. Real confession must have real repentance. 
So that's the attitudes of the prayer of conf- when we go to God to confess. They're the attitudes that we need, right? Honesty, humility, and repentance. But the question is, and, and a, lot of, a lot of people ask this question, if God knows everything, if God knows everything, why do we need to confess our sin? Doesn't he already know? Doesn't God already know we have sinned? Doesn't God already know what, what we're thinking and feeling in our heart? Why do we need to confess our sin if he already knows? And the answer to the question is this. He does know. To say that God does not know questions the character of God. The word that we use is omniscience. Omniscience, a big word. Om, omni meaning all, scient meaning knowing, I think. <laughs> omniscient. God already knows your sin. The funny thing is God, God is so knowing that the sin that you are going to commit tomorrow that you don't even know, God already knows. God already knew that before you were actually even born. I love that idea, God knew my name before I was even conceived. You know, God knew my name, Steve. You know, it's like, wow, that's amazing. You know, in the same way, God knows the sins that you're going to commit in your life. He knows the sins that you've committed today, tomorrow, next week, 10 years, 20. He knows. He already knows. So why do we need to go and confess our sin then? And the answer is this, because confessing our sin is not a religious duty. Because prayer is not an obligation. Prayer is based on relationship. Communicating with God is a means to the relationship we have with God. We don't pray just for the sake of praying, but we pray because it is a part of the relationship we have with God. We pray because we have relationship. You know, I don't need to talk to my wife for one full year. Impossible. I love her too much. And she would yell at me. (laughs) You know, I don't have to talk to her for one full year and legally she's still my wife. Right? As long as we're living together. But... But, but I choose to talk to her because I don't want just a legal wife. I don't want just a paper wife. I don't want, on, when the census comes around, go, oh, yes, married. You know, I don't want that. I want relationship. And in that relationship, I want communication. I want something going. I want something coming back. That's what I want. I don't want rules and regulations. Oh, you can be my husband. Oh, can you imagine? Who's getting married? Oh, yeah, Ram's getting married. Oh, yeah, I'm doing your vows. I promise to love you if you throw out the rubbish. Oh, there was, oh, I watched this video. It was so funny. It's like, I promise to love you if you continue to earn over $100,000 a year. And then the lady's like, I promise to love you if you stop hanging out with your friends. And the guy goes, I promise to love you if you don't put on any weight, you know, it's like, whoa, 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 that got a bit real, you know? You know, like, this, it's not a conditional, you know, arrangement or an agreement that we have with God. We've got to move away from this idea that, that it's like a contract that we have with God and God says, okay, you can be my people. We've do, 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 do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. No, if, if, if that's the case, you don't need to confess your sin because God already knows your sin. 
But the reason why we go to confess our sin is because there is more than just that obligation. There is relationship. There is relationship. I want to speak to God and I want God to speak to me. See, at this point, we have to ask ourselves this question, right? This idea of prayer revelation. When we pray, what is revealed? Right? Remember, prayer of faith revealed what? God is real. And I'm just trying to keep it as simple as possible, right? Prayer of faith, God is real. Prayer of adoration, God is what? Big. When we pray prayer of confession, what does that reveal to us about God? What do we learn about God when we pray, when we confess our sins to God? There's so many things, but if I was to boil it down, it's this. God hears. God listens. When we confess our sin, you know what? We don't have to. God already knows that. But when we do, you know what God does? He hears us. It teaches us, it teaches us the power of God, that this almighty, crazy, omniscient, omnipotent, the God of the impossible, God, creator God, when we pray to him, he hears us, he listens to us. You know how amazing that is? You know how supernatural phenomenon that is? That's insane. But the prayer of confession reveals to us that God hears us. See, when we confess our sins, we're sorry. Of course we're sorry. You know what? God already knows that too. God already knows the attitude that we go to Him, whether it's a heart of repentance, humility, and, and honesty, or whether it's a heart of arrogance, duty. Or, God already knows that. But when we confess our sins to God in prayer, what we're ultimately doing is we're acknowledging that we are in the relationship. And we do it because God affirms in us that when we pray, God hears. God hears. As said, it's, it's something that so many of us take for granted, especially if we've grown up in the church. If we pray, God hears us. Amen. Of course he does. Okay, let me just let me just pause. If we pray to God, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, who is the creator of life, who is the sustainer of life, who's the one that put the planets in a spinning motion, who put the stars in in the sky, who knows the number of hairs on your head. That God, he's you. And then we go back to week two. And we're like, wow, God, you're, you're big. The God of the universe would take time to hear our voices. That's amazing. See, in the relationship we have with God, in the relationship, and, and I keep pushing this, and, I, and I'm going to push this to the, for the rest of my life. Christianity is not a religion. It's not about rules and regulations. It's all about relationship. And so whenever we talk about any theological concept, we've got to understand it in the context of relationship. So when we talk about prayer and confession, it's in relationship. So when we confess in prayer, 
When we confess our sins to God in prayer, in the relationship we have with God, it creates three things that are important, essential for healthy relationship. And these, these are what they are. Number one, transparency. Okay? Transparency. In any relationship, the openness and honesty level will always be an indicator of how far or how deep that relationship goes. Is that not true? That's the truth. Why would that be any different from God? Being how open. And you know what? Just because God knows everything about you doesn't mean that you're transparent. When we confess our deepest, darkest thoughts, feelings, and weaknesses, what we're saying before Creator God is, I know God, you know everything already, but what I'm doing is I'm getting into a posture of opening myself up and saying, God, I've got nothing to hide. God, I've got nothing to hide. That's the kind of relationship that we want to have. How many times do we hear about breakdown in marriage or breakdown in friendships because a lack of transparency, a lack of honesty? But when we confess our sins to God in prayer, it opens up our lives and says to God, God, I'm here and all of me is here. Secondly, what it, what it brings about in the relationship we have with God is not just transparency, like see-through, being able to see, but also brings vulnerability. Vulnerability is defined as a quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. When we are vulnerable in relationships, what we're saying is, I'm going to put down my guard, okay? And put it simply, I'm going to let you into my life. But there's a risk with that. See, we live in a society that, that we, we champion boundaries, we champion good walls. You know, Robert Frost, you know, a, a famous poet wrote, you know, good fences make good neighbors, I only know that because I studied it in year 12. That's pretty much the only thing I remember from year 12. Good fences make good neighbors, and our society lives like that. We think that the higher the walls are, the higher we can protect ourselves, and the, the better it is for us. But vulnerability completely smashes that and says, you know what? No walls. Come in. Do what you wish. I love you. I trust you. In a marriage, in a marriage without vulnerability is like two castles with enormous wall in the middle. How deep can that relationship ever get? I'm opening the door to let you into the deepest places of my soul. I'm allowing you to come into the private spaces. And the risk is this, you don't know how people are going to react. You don't know what they're going to do. And what you're ultimately doing is I, I trust you enough. You can come into my life and I'll, I'll be okay. Even if you mess it up, I'll, I still will let you in. Once again, in our relationship with God, it's not that God doesn't know what's going on in our life, but vulnerability allows us to open up ourselves and say, God, okay, this is me transparent, but also I'm allowing you to come in and do what you want. I'm going to be vulnerable. Oh, of course, there's, there's risk of harm. There's risk. But I'm going to open that up. And it's a posture of vulnerability. When we do that, we allow God the space in our lives 
to hear us, to respond to us, and ultimately to transform us. But we have to trust Him to do that. Finally, what confessional prayer does in our relationship with God is it makes us humble. It makes us humble. When we confess our sins, we humble ourselves to not just acknowledge our weaknesses and sins, but we put ourselves where we belong. Know your place. Love that phrase. Know your place. When we confess our sins, that's what we're doing. We're knowing our place before Creator God. Who are we? Mere, sinful, weak, flawed human beings. Who is God? Perfect, sinless, almighty God. Know your place. And when we go to God in confession, we say, God, well, what are we doing? We're just acknowledging what I just said. We're just acknowledging our own place that we know where we stand before God. Pride would never confess. Proud people never confess their sin. Why? Because they just don't think that it's a big deal. They always want to be better than the other person. But when we put ourselves in a place of confession, we are automatically putting ourselves in places of of transparency and vulnerability, and that will lead to humility. This is what we should be like in our relationship with God Almighty. That's where we should be. Friends, a lot of the time we see confession as a sign of weakness. We see confession, confessing our sins as, as a sign of, of weakness. But, but, but can I tell you tonight, when we confess our sin, it's an acknowledgement of your weakness. And it is. It's hard. It's, it's not easy for you to do. It's not easy to be honest. It's not easy for you to be humble. It's not easy to make yourself vulnerable and transparent. But we confess our sin, not because of it's a religious duty, but because of the relationship. We confess our sin because the relationship we have with God is more important than our pride or what we think about it. The more humble you are, the more vulnerable you become, the more honest you are to yourselves. And the other, and all these elements are part of building a deep and real relationship with God. And that's why confessional prayer is important. It's essential. In the Catholic Church, confessional is a part of their weekly practice. I've never been to a confessional at a Catholic Church. Maybe some of you have. You go, I've I, I just seen it in movies. You go and you, you, know, you sit before the priest and you just tell him everything that you did wrong. It's like, <laughs> and, you know, as much as we're like, wow, that's kind of weird, but, but there's something in that. There's something in that. Not that we need to confess our sins to a priest, but, but, but in our relationship, in our direct relationship with God. When we put ourselves in a place of confession, we're in a place where we get to know where we're meant to be and know who God is. Not because you have to. And hear me, you don't have to confess your sins because you have to. It's because you want to. Because you want that relationship with God. Because you want to be transparent with God. Because you want to be vulnerable before God. Because you want to be humble before God. 
Because you want to go deep in your relationship with God. That's why we pray prayers of confession. It also takes off the selfishness out of our prayer. Let's not get selfish in our prayers. But as we consider the relationship, as I said, one of, right from the beginning, I told you, one of the biggest issues with prayer life is that it's so self-centered. But when we confess our sin, it's not self-centered. Yes, you're, you're confessing your sin, but you're doing it because the relationship is important, not because you are important. It's because you value the relationship. And we get to know our place, but we also get to know that God hears us. Friends, I want to encourage you. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer of confession. It's honestly very simple. You just go to God and say, God, I'm sorry, dot one, dot two, dot three. If you want to expand, that's fine. But as you do that, you know what you'll find? You'll find yourself going through two separate emotions. One, you'll feel down because you'll be able to recognize how sinful you are and how wretched your soul is. But friends, as you understand how deep your sin is and how much that could affect your relationship with God, as deep as your sin goes, the grace of God and the acceptance of God becomes even greater. And that is what God reveals to us, that even in the darkest places, even in the worst place possible, God has an ear for you. As I said, prayer revelation as we pray god reveals himself to us and i pray that as we as you go forth and pray prayers of confession that not only would it alleviate your heart and continue to build into your relationship with god but that god will continue to reveal himself to you and as god reveals himself more and more to you your relationship with him would grow deeper and deeper and deeper and I pray that for each and every one of us. Amen. Let's pray.